Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This episode is sponsored by Dragon Shield. Check out the affiliate link down below to help support the channel. Well, welcome to the Play to Win podcast, where we talk about winning in CEDH. I'm Cam. I'm Dylan. And I'm Tyler. And this week is the March of Machine set review for CEDH. Well, I thought it was March of the Machine. No, no, no. It's May. No. <laughs> no, you're right. It, we, we it's March of the it Machine. Was, not machines. Not machines. That's, only one. I got all will up. be one. March of the Machine. I wanted it to make sense. Oh, that makes sense. Because yeah. it's all one machine. <laughs> what about the bog? What's the bog? The marsh of the machine? Marsh of... No, no, no. Oh, that's something different, I think. Marsh flats of the machine. That's This is also something different. Well, what we're going to be doing today is talking about all of the new cards from this new set that we think might have some sort of impact in CEDH. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of different commander options this time as well, including the commanders that you'll see on Sunday's gameplay video too. But we're going to get started with the white cards in the set um, and go in Wooburg order to get started off here. That sounds great. Great. Beautiful. So the first card we're going to talk about is Surge of Salvation. This is a white instant that costs the white. It says you and permanents you control gain hexproof until end of turn. Prevent all damage that black and or red sources would deal to creatures you control this turn. I'm sorry. Can you say it one more time? I was looking at your audio and it was a little bit. Can you just, I'm so sorry you're going to have to cut this. I just, I wasn't listening to you because I was, can you talk one more time? Are you talking? You look like you were too low. Yes. Cameron, okay, I no, wasn't listening fine. to you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I wasn't I listening at that's all. That's going in. That's great. I'm happy for you, but can you say it all <laughs> but, again? But I didn't read it at all. You and permanents you control gain hexproof until end of turn. Prevent all damage that black and or red sources would deal to creatures you control this turn. This one's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's sort of like shitty Veil of Summer, which yeah. is obviously the templating it's going for. The one thing that like is really stops it from being very good is that it's creatures you control gain um, won't take damage from black or red. Because if it was you and creatures you control, which is the Veil of Summer templating, then you don't die to things like um, Twin Caster combo. Sure. It still defends against um, most uh, most kill spells. Wait, is it hexproof too? Or is yeah, it just it's hexproof. damage? Permanence you control get hexproof. Yeah, so it's going to answer most kill spells and your lightning bolts and yeah. that sort of thing. It doesn't do anything on this stack, really, right? Like, it doesn't protect your spells. It doesn't It doesn't do any... Like, Veil of Summer protects your things from being countered. This doesn't do any of that, right? No, Which yeah. is a big bummer, Does I think. Does that help you fight on the stack? Yeah, it's a big distinction. But it, it could come up in some decks. Best answer to Fire Covenant? Probably. Yeah, yeah, sure. There are some situations that this card will be great in, so I definitely wouldn't fault anyone for giving it a shot. I think it's like a meta call, this definitely. one in particular. Yeah. yeah, like, I don't think I'm running this into a, a blind tournament, but if I know the people I'm going to be going up against, I'd be more inclined to play this if they play certain decks. Yeah. So the next card is Dusk Legion Duelist. This is one in a white for a creature vampire soldier that's a 2-2 with vigilance. And it says whenever one or more plus one plus one counters are put on Dusk Watch. Nope. Dusk Legion Duelist. Draw a card. This ability triggers only once each turn. There's a lot of other cards I'm thinking about when I say Dusk Legion. I don't I don't know how often this is going to come up. I don't know what deck is going to play this card. So junk decks, I think, are going to want it. And I mean the Abzan. color combination, yes. Yeah, okay. um, so the two I was thinking of, Gave, now maybe has another way to draw an additional card per okay. turn. And especially because Gave has ways that they can do that in instant speed, it's going to be a lot sure. easier to turn that into an Ancestral Recall Plus in a turn cycle. 
all. Man, maybe this moves Gabe from like a maximum eight to a maximum nine. What do you think? Uh, that's kind of where I'm at, right? So I don't know. One extra piece might not is probably not going to bring that deck up to like you know now this is going to see you know in top 16 levels yeah. but you know it, it certainly is another piece that it needs in order to get there it's a two mana creature that can draw cards in white in the right deck that'll that'll be good right that'll be good the other one that i'm thinking about is tyam i don't know a lot about tyam but tyam deals a lot with counters and putting them on creatures and then removing them from creatures so i if you're trying to put plus one plus one counters on things and if you have a way i guess i'm not as familiar with those lists but that was just another counters deck that i was thinking of interesting okay the next one is our first battle here so this is invasion of theros and i'm not excited that i have to read this <laughs> sideways so i think if you click yeah it's yeah no never mind it still appears no, yeah. it still appears this sideways is, even when you make it larger yeah this is better <laughs> <laughs> so this is two and a white for a battle siege um, as a siege enters, oh man, and this. Oh, I can <laughs> read it. Like already this. hard enough. Oh, hold up. Try doing it sideways. There's a whole, a Tried the computer way. sideways. Yeah, yeah there's a whole regular way. Damn it, you figured it out. I think I couldn't <laughs> fucking keep it together over here. Though this is just less fun than holding the microphone That's sideways. That's what I was saying. Jeez, so, yeah. <laughs> this is now really lame. As a siege enters. Now you just read it normal. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, boring. Man. As a siege enters, choose an opponent to protect it. You and others can attack it while it's def. Defeated, exile it, then cast it, transformed. Yeah, we have never seen any battles yet. This is the first set with battles. We have no idea how to rate them. At least I don't. I've never played with them, so it feels kind of hard to actually rate how good they are. Before we, I guess, get into this, how are your guys' overall thoughts on, on battles? What do you think? I think battles are going to be, like, very interesting in CDH because in casual, it's much more likely that someone has a board state where they can defend something. Um, I think the whole reason that, like, Timna decks are, are able to be successful is that very often people don't have good blockers. So you're probably going to be able to pick one player at a pod who just cannot defend this well, especially if it's an effect that your opponents also want you to have for whatever reason. If they're attacking it too, I think there's a reasonable chance that you take one of these down in a turn cycle. So if that's the case, um, then yeah, the back half matters. If it ends up being that it seems to be really hard to to crack them, then probably we, we should only be reading them as a front side. Yeah, that's exactly what my thought is too, because I'm at the point now where I only really want to evaluate the front side because I don't know how many times you're going to flip it. Um, these are kind of like Planeswalkers, but the difference with Planeswalkers is that other players are incentivized to take out someone's Planeswalkers, where I'm incentivized to not take out someone else's battle, so I'm going to actively attack players life totals instead yeah i think it's also important to note that you want to actively take down your own battle so i feel like commanders like crom that can hit something for four if the evasion something like that if you have a battle that has four is that loyalty what is the um battle ba points battle points i don't know it's, it's loyalty yeah it's loyalty. <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if it's got four loyalty and you're playing in your crom deck your crom can one shot and flip it right away that might be relevant to think about when you're evaluating it. i think something like that is very interesting but i think that these are probably four specific decks if that's going to come up yeah so this one when invasion of theros enters the battlefield search your library for an aura god or a demigod card reveal it and put it into your hand then shuffle and when you get to transform it it transforms into a Farah ever shelter uh, this card has lifelink and indestructible as long as you control at least three other enchantments. Enchantment craft, if you will. Um, whenever another enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. So this says a lot of the right words on it. I mean, the front... Not so much. There aren't many decks that like must tutor for like a specific aura or god. Yeah, the only reason I put this on the list is that sometimes three mana niche tutors will find a home in specific decks. Idyllic tutors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if your if your combo piece is curiosity, maybe you want to run this as an extra tutor that finds it. I'm not really sure. Um, that's kind of the only reason. And then the the backside is just like all theoretical plus side. Besides that, I think you only run this if you desperately need more ways to tutor for auras. Can you play you can you play this in Sithis or you can't because the backside is blue. It has the backside blue is color. So you can't play you this can't, in Sithis. Which is a bummer. Which is like really one of the only because the other th there's versions of this card that are also one mana and two mana that search for an aura, but don't have an awesome backside right. that they can flip into. Yeah. I guess, and I don't so. know if there's a god or a demigod that's a combo piece yet, but one day there might Heliod. be Heliod. Heliod. Yeah. That's a perfect Heliod. one. There you go. This is probably great. In, I don't know if this is well, you don't need to search for Heliod, but if you're running that combo in another deck, I don't know. But you can't run this in the mono-white Heliod deck. Like right. You have yeah, to be exactly. in a blue-white deck. So if you yeah, are one of the sure, two yeah. remaining players trying to make Light Paws a CDH commander, <laughs> I, I'm so happy for you. Yeah, No, this one's out. This one's out because Light was mono-white. 
Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. this one's out. Yeah, you thought, nope, right, you can't. Not even this one. You thought you got a toy? Oh Absolutely God. not. Yeah, that card may be not great. Let's move on <laughs> to one that is great. Phyrexian Sensor. This oh, yeah. is two and a white for a creature Phyrexian Wizard 3-3. Three, three. Each player can't cast more than one non-Phyrexian spell each turn, and non-Phyrexian creatures enter the battlefield tapped for all most purposes 99.9 percent of the time all stuff all stuff yeah. yeah that's all stuff there's so few phyrexians that i think ccdh play i i guess a couple things got eroded that i might not be thinking of right now but what is something that has a phyrexian that would see can we think of anything someone's gonna comment something uh, you, there's, you fools there's one yeah there's one deck that has a bunch of creatures that won't come into play tapped what is that yuriko you're yeah well because they're entering they're entering they're shapeshifters oh they're shapes oh okay the shapeshifter okay okay fine for the most part this is going to be a rule of law that also says all creatures enter the battlefield tapped that could be really good the only issue is a lot of times you're going to want to play this in a deck that's also going to be winning with kiki jiki and this shuts off kiki jiki which is kind of a bummer so if you're not playing kiki jiki and you are playing rule of laws this is great the creature side is symmetrical the creature side is symmetrical oh yeah everything all creatures come in tapped all non-phyrexians maybe you can make your Kiki Jiki a Phyrexian I'm not sure I don't think this is the case this is just a spur of thought is Gitaxian probe that's not a Phyrexian sorcery they didn't errat that right errat of that because that would be fucking cool tribal yeah exactly card. ones that have creature uh, okay. identity yeah. specifically say tribal whatever so there's uh, okay. there's two I did a quick scryfall there's two Phyrexians that see play but it doesn't really matter if you're playing a Belby deck Belby is a Phyrexian now sure. I guess okay so <laughs> our, but now you're you're in a tough spot because you're playing Belby as your commander <laughs> yes already lame body snatcher is a backup uh hulk piece oh but body that snatcher? card doesn't oh, doesn't matter if it's doesn't tapped or matter because <laughs> you're winning and it it doesn't matter chancellor of the annex oh if also, you're in mono white yeah <laughs> I, okay sure so it's for all creatures all creatures come in tapped something to think about for winota it's another rule of law that winota can find right is a human it's not. It's a Phyrexian wizard. Oh, well, it triggers Winota. Yeah. It triggers <laughs> no matter Winota, what, yeah. it's always good. But it's Winota. a 3 3, so it's got a really good body, so it's not going to be like as fragile as the 2 2 right. that you have. Yeah, but it stops the Kiki combo, your own Kiki combo, which is bad. Yes. It does. I'm excited to see this, though. More rule of law effects is is good for my favorite deck to play. Um, so It's I'm, good for Kinnon. Yeah, you can play around rule of laws all day long. The creatures coming in tap doesn't super matter, really, for you. Yeah. Like, sometimes you'll want to block with your thing that you get off the top, but rarely. Well, I'm excited for that one. The this next... one's definitely, yeah, this one's, I, this one's definitely a top one for the, for oh, I yeah. just want to mention, like, this is definitely, like, this card will see play in CDH. Yeah, we're going to talk about I mean, a lot of cards. It's almost certainly the, the best CDH card in the set. Yeah, I would, I would say. We can do a quick roundup at the end, but this one's probably it. All right, the next one is Helio. Heliod the Radiant Dawn. Speaking of Heliods, this is two and two white for a 4-4 legendary creature enchantment god. When Heliod the Radiant Dawn enters the battlefield, return target enchantment card that isn't a god from your graveyard to your hand. For three mana and a blue Phyrexian, it transforms into Heliod the Warped Eclipse, which is now a Phyrexian god. That's a 4-6. And it says you may cast spells as though they had flash. Spells you cast cost one less to cast for each card your opponent has drawn this turn your opponents have drawn this turn it's plural that was way too many words that, that you was, just said well, right there get ready because this is like not the only flip card that uh, we're gonna talk oh about <laughs> um yeah what's this one doing you've played against this card deck a couple times what how do you feel about it on um, the front side does nothing and then uh, the front side yes yeah, just a blank. The front side does absolutely nothing and then you uh i mean it's four four it blocks okay <laughs> but then uh it, it flips into something that gives all of your stuff flash and drastically reduces the cost of spells you're casting yeah so this allows you to play like um x spells and you know some weird stuff like that like big big um draw spells symmetrical draw spells get like weirdly much better like if you windfall on someone else's turn which you can because you have flash you're now able to cast things for like just the colored pips basically because your opponents have drawn a zillion cards so it has really interesting effects it is just so expensive to get there um so i've played against this a bunch i think it is it is a strong deck once it's flipped but the mana investment to flip it i think means it's still not not quite top tier yeah material. I, I don't think the ability to spend Base it out over multiple turns really helps. It's still eight mana or seven mana in two life. It does really help. I mean, if yeah. you, if it just said eight mana on the front, there's a cost to doing that. Like you have to, you don't get to hold up interaction. Yeah, you take you, your whole turn off. Right, normally. like now, now you don't have a, a lot of other stuff to, to go off of then too. So I don't know. I think there is definitely a, a cost to it. So I, yeah, that that flash playing at, playing at instant speed that can be really powerful in like a tournament setting. If no one knows what the hell you're doing and you can play your whole deck at flash speed. 
I could see something like this deck sniping down a tournament, but then once everyone knows what it does, it's never going to win again. Yeah. But for some reason, that's kind of how I feel about Unlike this Unlike most gods that we see, there's no indestructibility clause on this whatsoever, so it's going to be a lot easier to deal with than, yeah. you know, like the other Heliod combos. Yep, that's true. But that's what we have to say about Heliod, the Radiant Dawn. We're going to move on to our blue cards now, and our first one is Omen Hawker. This is... Any any relation or no? No, no. <laughs> it's this is one who hawks. You which are. Is a little, I'm just a hawk. hawk. Just yeah. hawk. Yeah, just hawk. Yeah. Omen Hawker is a creature cephalid advisor. Uh, it's a one one, and it taps to add a colorless and a blue mana that you can only use on activated abilities. I'm going to pass the microphone immediately to Tyler to talk about yeah, this one. I think there are exactly two decks that this gets played in. Um, one of them is the card we just discussed because it flips Heliod and it comes down turn one. Oh. Sure. Sure. Yeah, oh, that's okay. funny. That's yeah, funny. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. good. The other one is Kinnon, and like, so I want to talk about anything that goes in Kinnon. The reason it matters, activating Kinnon is the point of many Kinnon decks, not all. Um, Yours specifically. specifically, sure. Um, the other thing, though, is Kinnon's ability that generates an, an additional mana of any type that it produced does not copy the restrictions on the original mana. So if you um, drop this as a one drop and, and land a Kinnon turn two, it is still tapping for at least one blue that can be used for anything in addition to the one in a blue for abilities. So it's adding a reasonable amount. Um, you know, I'll have to bear it out in play testing. I'm not positive it's going to always feel good, but it one mana dorks are. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's going to be great. Like with Kinnon out, at minimum, this is a mana dork that taps for blue, a one mana mana dork that taps for blue, right? And then plus, it's also going to activate your Thrasios, activate your Kinnon, everything that you just said. I think this card in Kin is going to be great. And then also, like you said, in other decks, even in Thrasios decks, I'm not sure that I'm this like one... Like on it in I, Thrasios yeah. decks, because like it, it is really helpful, but so is Training Grounds. And this is this is basically Training Grounds, but so much worse. If, you tur if you're like a turbo Thrasios, I could see trying this, but I, I, it's much better in a Kinnon deck, I think. I think it's the only one. Uh, I mean, yeah. if, if if this was good enough for a Thrasios deck, so would Boreal Druid. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. And Boreal Druid isn't there. Right. And I would rather play Boreal Druid because I can use it to cast other spells instead of only, only activate Thrasios. Yeah. That's great. Okay. Well, Kinnon gets a new friend, and we're going to move on to a card that is going to be friends with a lot more Kinnon decks. gets a new friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Fairy Mastermind is the next one. This is one in a blue for a 2-1 Fairy rogue flash flyer and when an opponent draws their second card each turn you draw a card you can also pay three in a blue to have each player draw a card I think this card is playable. I don't know. It's getting a lot of hype recently. It looks a lot like a lot of other cards that are very good. It's an evasive attacker. It draws you cards off of other Mystic Studies and Mystic Remores. I don't think it's going to draw you a ton of cards. Most Mystics and Ristics, I truly feel like, are only fed once a turn. There are situations where someone overfeeds, and this is definitely a card that once there are too many Ristics in play, and everyone's just like, fuck it, yeah, there's four triggers, everyone draw. That's when this card really starts picking up a lot of steam. Um, that activated ability, I don't think that's going to be something that we're going to be using a ton. It's almost card advantage. Almost. It's almost card advantage. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> well, I you mean, might. Maybe infinite mana decks that, that need an outlet where they can draw their entire deck. I guess oh, when you, you draw know, everyone else's really decks, too. About that. Right, yeah. but if you, have, if you have the most cards in library, and then you can then you just draw on the sack until everyone else dies. Yeah, I guess if you have the most cards in library, it's good there. The card is definitely going to be good. I'm just not sure how good it's going to be yet. I think right now I'm, I'm evaluating it as a hair better than Ledger Shredder. Just a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And Ledger Shredder isn't card advantage. This is, but just less frequently than Ledger Shredder probably triggers. The other thing is that there are a couple of popular card draw engines that I don't think will trigger this a ton. Like, I don't think Esper Sentinel is going to end up triggering this a ton. I don't think, like, Krom is going to end up triggering this a ton. I'm excited to see this in Blue Tim the Decks, and uh, I do agree. I think it's, like, a little bit better than Ledger Shredder, but I don't think it's going to, like, bust anything or yeah. be the, the best new thing it also stops the fast oracle win do we say that I, I said that in my head but i didn't know if i said oh, that out no, loud. We did. It's, Very important, it, yeah. it stops yeah and that's not gonna happen a ton but it is a threat you have to leave a four mana and that's hard to do in cdh leave a four mana just to threaten this but if someone goes for thoracal win exiles their library thoracal trigger on the stack you can make them draw a card with this and then they'll die it's worth saying though then that that doesn't work if tainted pact is the thing because they can leave one at the bottom they can the other thing that i want to say is that people are going to say this 
this card is great with wheels, but wheels fucking suck. So, <laughs> so, so many people disagree with you, but I uh, agree with you. I, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, here we all think that wheels fucking suck, so I'm not, I, that's not an upside. That's a downside. I have to play more wheels. This, <laughs> wheels no. to me are like an, an, an unnecessary evil, I feel like. They're, they can be powerful in certain situations, but sometimes they'll just straight lose you the game. I think wheels are really good if you deploy them judiciously and yeah. fucking no one does. Yeah. No yeah. one. No, people, but it's really hard to play, play them right. at the wrong time yeah, all the I, time. All of the time. Mm -hmm. All of the time. I that's a separate podcast. <laughs> yeah, that is a whole, a whole separate a podcast. Whole other yeah. thing. All right, we're gonna move on to Rona, Herald of the Invasion. You guys want to hear me monologue for a second? Please, yeah. All See right. you in twenty minutes. This is a legendary creature, human wizard that costs one and a blue. It's a one three, and whenever you cast a legendary spell, untap Rona, Herald of Invasion. You may tap rona to draw a card then discard a card and then you can also pay five mana and a phyrexian black to transform at sorcery speed to have her become rona talarian obliterator this is now a phyrexian wizard that's a five five with trample and whenever a source deals damage to rona that source's controller exiles a card from their hand at random if it's a land you may put it onto the battlefield otherwise you may cast it without paying its mana cost oh my god it's exhausting <laughs> you say it's so many words i did not retain most no, of that hard. no okay uh, so a couple notes this yeah. is can the... you read it again <laughs> <laughs> no absolutely no. not so i think this is the new best uh blue black scepter deck <laughs> Every set, something Every set, comes out. Yeah, there's and a like, new one. This right? deck that doesn't see play anymore, there's an updated, better version of it. And it's still not going to see play. Sucks. So you can draw your whole deck with loot the through your deck. Oh, I'm sorry, you're right. You don't loot even draw the cards, you loot them. <laughs> loot so if you, you can only end with however many you start with. That's also true. Um, this also cracks Doomsday Piles if you need it to. Um, what this does is it combos with Mox Amber and this other enchantment that I can't remember right now that maybe Cameron will put on screen. You sent it to me on Twitter. Give I sent it seconds. to you, yeah. It's on Twitter that I saw someone who tweeted at us what it did, but it effectively allows you for only two mana and an untapped Rona. Is that what this card is called? Rona? Rona, yeah. Two mana and an untapped Rona. You can loop that and Mox Amber, uh, tapping it to bounce the Mox Amber back to your hand and triggering Rona when you recast the Mox Amber to loot through your whole deck. Banishing Knack. Banishing Knack. It's an even tied common. Would you mind saying and what it's it not does? An enchantment. It's it an is an instant. Is it instant? Oh, I thought it was an enchantment no, for some it reason. It says until end of turn, target creature gains tap, return target non land permanent to its owner's hand. Yeah. Is that something? Yep, and then Wishclaw Talisman is another card that uh, you can use so that you can use it tutor and then bounce that with this. Oh, that's something. Yeah, okay, sure. There's some nifty things that you can do in this deck that can play Thassa Oracle and Demonic Constellation, so it's... Plus, I mean, it attacks on a very different axis than most CDH commanders in that, um, much like Perplexing Chimera, it's just so confusing that your opponents will give up because they cannot read that many words. There's too many words. Yeah, yeah right. It doesn't but, even do that much. It's they just will a lot just of look words. at it and then say, can you just tell me what it does? Yeah. And then you can lie. Yeah. I shouldn't have read the don't back. Don't do that. Don't do that. I shouldn't have read the back. I don't know why I bothered. Yeah, well, we, yeah I already forgot what the back does. We didn't talk about it at all. Yeah. The back right. is nothing, right? That's not part of this at all? No. If, if you have the mana you're th and nothing else to do, that's what you're going to do. But you want to loot with this deck. Right, you want the front That's side. That's what I want. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna Murfolk looter. Invasion of Segovia. This is our second siege, our second battle siege. Uh, it's two and a blue, and it also has four loyalty. When it enters the battlefield, create two one-one blue kraken creature creature tokens with trample. And when it flips, it's now Cadius, Sea Tyrant of Segovia. Cadius. I was so proud. I was like, I haven't mispronounced a <laughs> word yet, but it's Cadis. Sure. Non-creature spells you cast have Convoke. And at the beginning of your end step, untap up to four target creatures. Oh, wow. I forgot about that last part. It's a 3-3 now, too. Yeah. I, so I'm not sure if this is good enough. This is one that I truly don't know how to evaluate because I'm not sure how these battles play out. What I'm thinking in my head is perhaps this goes in a Krom deck. Perhaps you know that you can flip this right away. So what if it just basically says that once per turn, an, an instant or sorcery, is that what gains Convoke? Or non-creature? Non-creature. A non-creature costs two less once per turn because you're given the one ones that you can convoke for it. So that's kind of what this does at a minimum for three mana. I don't know if that's good enough, but the fact that you can make your things much less than that, maybe you can help pay for an ad nauseum. Maybe you can untap to keep your Krom as a blocker for the Winota deck or something like that. 
what do you cut though? That's the big issue. Like in a blue farm, in, in a Crom Blue Farm deck, I don't know what the hell you could cut for this card. Like I feel like those are the commanders that this synergizes the best with. Crom yeah. kills it immediately, and Timnit can use those bodies better than almost any other commander in the format. Right. But again, you're right. What what do you untap? Untapping the creatures and giving them convoke is good, but I think I think this is still just worse wilderness reclamation. Mm, yeah, and wilderness reclamation sees no play. It's not right? good. Yeah. yeah. It may be in high power. This card is great in high power, maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure. I just don't yeah, know spell how Deck, I'm sure. I just don't know how good Convoke is in general in yeah. CEDH. Um, like, I, I feel like it, it, Stacks decks want to use it the most, I would think, because they're not wanting to attack with creatures and lose them and also not block with creatures and lose them unless they yeah. can do so advantageously. I, I think Convoke is another thing. Definitely, I'm just going to move past it real quick before <laughs> anyone really notices. But I think Convoke is another thing that's a little bit tricky to uh, evaluate because a lot of the Convoke spells that we've had in the past don't do a ton but there are some convoke spells in this set that we're not even going to talk about today that are like straight up removal spells that can be free if you have untapped that's creatures true. that's probably going to be good we're probably going to miss on some of that um but we'll this see. this um, is going to make some spells free and that's going to be good making your counter spells your swan song now just tap one of your blue creatures that you made for it i don't know maybe yeah. Who knows? Um, we got to move on we're going to talk about infernal sovereign next this is four and two black for a creature demon six six with flying and trample it says skip your draw step and whenever you play a land or cast a spell you draw a card and you lose a life yeah, so this is next in the line of the black big spell that draws you a lot of cards at a cost of a lot of life. I think this is similar to Bolas' Citadel. Um, you have to, you can whiff on it, which is why I say that. Peer into the Abyss and Ad Nauseam are other versions of this effect, but you can't really whiff on those. You just draw all the cards. This is kind of like Yagmoth's Bargain. Bargain, yes. Where you, uh, it's a six-mana thing that you have to skip your draw step, which is what Yagmoth's Bargain says. Yagmoth's Bargain just lets you pay one, one life, life to draw right. a card right then and there. Yeah, this is comparable to Bose's Citadel, I think, like I said, because you can whiff. The difference is this one, if you have cards in your hand, you know you can start the chain, whereas Bose's Citadel, you have to make sure that you have a Sensei's Divining Top or something that can control the top, or or you're just going to go in blind. Yeah, this um, is going to be easier to combo off with on its own than Bolas's Citadel. I, I will say, unlike Bolas' Citadel, because you're not looking at the top, you're just drawing into it, um, this does not play super nice with Necromancy. Like, they're not bad to have on the field together, necessarily, but Necromancy plus this does not do anything remarkable. you mean Necropotence? Yes, that is what Did you I, mean. I said Necromancy. Yeah, I was necromancy. like, you want Necromancy, because yeah. if Necromancy's on the field, <laughs> right. that means you reanimated this. <laughs> which right, is right, good, right. Yeah. Which you Necropotence. Do, you very yeah. much want to reanimate this. Yeah. Yeah. Necropotence can reset the Bolas' Citadel. It can't yeah. reset this card. But, like, that... that that makes Bolas Citadel like a two card combo where like this is easier to one card combo with. Yeah. Well, not I even though, say. because you need a lot of other cards in hand to be able to chain them all together. I would True. Say. It is also easier to reanimate this than Bolas Citadel. I don't know. I think this could be better than Bolas Citadel. I think it's going to go into the, the Grixis turbo decks and only the turbo decks that are already trying to play like five spells in a turn. Mostly thinking of Rogsai here. Yep. I, I think I could also consider this in a reanimator deck where you're trying to reanimate Razzcath, but sometimes you don't have a creature in play yet and you just want to get something big in play because you have all these spells in your hand there might be those situations where you're like i have the entomb reanimate but i got no other creatures maybe this is the, like the alternative that you go to besides villas you know what i mean the other thing about citadel is that you have to cast the spells in the order that you have citadel into right and this doesn't let you do that like this allows you to be a little bit more flexible with the sequencing that you do yeah that's true yeah so we'll, we'll see what it does it's we'll see what maybe. it does it's yeah. a big maybe it's a big maybe i think some decks will play it and and like it and i I think a lot of decks will play it and hate it. Um, the other card that some decks will play and really like is Hordling Broodlord. This is five black, black, black for a seven, six creature demon with convoke and flying. And when it ETBs, search your library for a card, exile it face down, and then shuffle. For as long as that card remains exiled, you may play it. Yeah. This is, so it's basically a tutor. It also says spells you cast from exile have convoke. Which is pretty relevant with what it does. It's similar to Rune Scar Demon. It's a big demon that tutors for one thing. There are some Corvold lines, Corvold decks that use Rune Scar Demon. Uh, you search for the thing that destroys it and makes two copies of it. It's a new Saw spell. Saw in half. Yeah. It's a tutor for two other things and win the game from there. This can do the same thing. This can make the thing that you get more cheaper, which is nice. This is a little bit easier to hard cast because you can convoke your other things and cast it for like three or four mana maybe sometimes. Could be free, probably not going to be. Whereas Rune Scarred, you always have to reanimate it or cast it for a billion. 
The issue is this one folds to Drannith Magistrate, which is the most common white card, and he's play all the time, and that's going to suck when that happens. Right? <laughs> yeah, You're just like, ah, oh, shit, true. stupid fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I've really only thought about the upsides about the card being exiled, but, like, there's really no hard discard in CEDH, and there's much more opportunities to get blown out with Drannith Magistrate. Prosper, the Rakdos deck that plays a Ooh. bunch of stuff from Exile. This helps with all those things that are played from Exile. If you're casting anything from Exile, there's probably other stuff that does that in the format that I can't think of right now that allows you to cast things from Exile. This works really well with all of those things, not just the thing that it searches for. So I think this is awesome. I mean, the two we got the fact that we got two considerable reanimation targets or just like big beefy creatures, I think that's awesome. You can Eldritch Evolution like Tassiger into it too. That's awesome. Which is true. something else to think and about. Anytime you see seven drop. I know. I'd rather do Holebreaker Horror though. Yeah. But yeah. All right, we're gonna move on to our red cards. We have a lot of red cards to talk about. Real quick, Lanthomantic Barrage is a red mana sorcery that can't be countered, and it deals one damage to a creature or planeswalker. But if that creature is white or blue, it deals five damage. Kills Winota, kills Prime. Um, wait what, that's what the card does it deals card one does. damage or five damage one damage to a creature but if the creature is white or blue it deals five damage Dude, i don't know why i thought it was just a five damage thing i completely read that wrong it doesn't not gonna make it too much of a difference no but, okay it's, it's <laughs> they put a lightning bolt but yeah. better <laughs> no it's not great and some decks were still gonna want to run galvanic blast and this is only sorcery speed we're gonna move on I, okay we're just talking about rending, that one real quick rending volley stinky rending volley is the other one the big things that this is gonna hit is crom and Noda and Rending Valley hits those things too. All right, Invasion of Call Time. This is three and a red for our next battle siege. It has four loyalty again, and when it ETBs, exile all cards from your hand, then draw that many cards. Until the end of your next turn, you may play cards exiled this way. Let's stop here for a second. How so that we remember everything that the cards is going to say? Yeah. How do we feel about the front side so far? What I'm thinking in my head is you add nauseum for a bunch, but you yeah. didn't quite get there, and you somehow found this, and you exile those thirty cards, and you draw thirty fresh ones, and then with those, you've doubled your ad nauseum now. Is that good? I I think it's good, but you you need to get enough fast mana to be pulling right. this off for four. Yeah, and if you have that much fast mana, like. You should be able to have a victory most of the time for four I think from the rest of it. So I don't think you, I don't think you run it just to hedge against that possibility because it's still taking up one of those card slots, and it costs four in an Adnaz deck. Yeah, Bergy on the other hand, like this is a card that Bergy loves. Like that kind of red storm, like sure, really, really great in those. Scroll rack also does this similar effect for much less mana. You can't use the parts cards that you separated, but a lot of the times, if you add nauseum, there's like twenty cards you're not going to be able to use anyway. So I think this is probably worse than that but just like it was just something that i thought about it an option maybe if you're curious about what pyre of the world tree does it's an enchantment that's the back side of this and it says discard a card it deals two damage to any target and whenever discard you discard a land card i think i'm right? sorry you're right it's discard a land card so it's much worse um to deal two damage to any target and whenever you discard a land exile the top card of your library you can play it this turn so there, i'm sure there's a way to uh kill your opponents with this discard a bunch of lands and you know use endurance to put them back into your library draw them again discard again sure like, if you're on an endurance loop i mean just if you do the simple math though like like most decks run like about 30 lands or a little less yeah. the total maximum lands you can do is 60 damage worth of discarding land so i don't think this is i don't think you can a assume this is an, an, a winning too. out no yeah you'd have to loop in somehow you'd have to loop it with time twister or endurance put the lands back in your library draw them again and at that point you're going through like a lot of steps That's a lot. if you're doing something like that a loop like that normally your commander can do you utilize the loop so you don't need something else in your deck that does it but i don't know maybe no no maybe not okay <laughs> no. it's not gonna be fine. It's fine. <laughs> all right urbrask is our next card this is two and two red for a legendary creature phyrexian praetor it has first strike and whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell it deals one damage to target opponent and you add red mana you can exile it for a red mana um and to transform it but only at sorcery speed and only if you've cast three or more instant or sorcery spells this turn let's talk about this side before we talk about the back side Bergy, but four mana. This is very powerful. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're also kind of like a grape shot attached. It to is it. not all spells, unlike Bergy. Right. But, okay. Yeah. That's which true. is relevant because like fast, that's a big difference. fast artifact mana is yeah. part of the way Bergy really gets ahead. But and what the the infinite combo with Bergy was like grinning Ignis, which is a creature. So like this wouldn't be able to just like drain someone out. 
Yeah, no, but that effect is strong. Four mana creature to have that effect is kind of lame, but the ability is still a powerful one, I think. So, like, as a commander, this is going to do something. Is it going to do something in the 99? Does Karkon Sakashima want this? That's the only one that I can think. Like, Karkon Sakashima is going to bounce spells and kill its opponents and make a ton of red mana while it does. This feels kind of expensive, but, like, mana-wise. Maybe Niv-Mizzet, too. Maybe Niv-Mizzet, too. Yeah, any of this Spellslinger decks can definitely consider it. If you're already playing Bergy in the 99, maybe you think about playing this. Well, let's let's think about this this backside here. Because um, Bergy also has a backside that is very relevant and helpful to the decks that run Bergy in the 99. This one does some different stuff. So it flips over into a saga that's called The Great Work. And Chapter 1 says that it deals 3 damage to target opponent and each creature they control. Chapter 2 makes 3 treasure tokens. And Chapter 3 says until end of turn you can cast instant or sorcery spells from any graveyard. If a spell cast this way would be put into a graveyard, exile it. And then you exile the great work then return it to the battlefield front side up. I didn't know that. It comes back. I didn't know that it just comes back as... All, all of these Praetor templates do, all five Whoa. of the colors. Oh, okay. This is nuts. I mean, you flip it over, it anger the gods, it creates three treasures, and then it mnemonic betrayals, but better? It's anger a the one gods. player. It kills one, one player's... It's one, oh, it's one it's target opponent. It's a target That's opponent. That's so I don't know. Okay. I don't know if it is much less good. No, it's still powerful. It's going to kill the things you want, but it doesn't. Do, it doesn't hit your own stuff, which yeah, is what's that's relevant. Helpful. I would, to me, Bergy's backside is a little bit better, and I think I'd still rather play Bergy in the ninety-nine because it, it's less mana, so ad nauseum is much more relevant there, and the backside also is much more synergistic with Underworld Breach as you're getting to discard to exile the top two cards of your library. Bergy needs something else to do anything on the flip side it has to have be able to discard cards whereas this does something on its own on the flip side but i agree what it does on the flip side isn't as powerful but it, yeah. it can create from nothing where bergy can't like the mnemonic betrayal ability at chapter three is really cool but you also have to live another three turns three yeah that's what i was, I was gonna say is bergy this is, can win this is an eternity time. right you have to like play the front of this card hit your three instances of sorceries in a single turn which you know you may be generating enough value that this is reasonable to do um, in a in a relatively short amount of time but you but still probably then, have to untap right then it then it flips chapter one triggers and kills one player's what stacks pieces maybe if you do that then you're you're getting other people out from stacks and having to pass yeah. the turn wait for it to go to chapter two wait for it to go to chapter three like this is a long time to get and that you know effect what? even all if it's very the, powerful all of the stacks pieces prevented you from playing three instances and sorceries in one single turn too so you don't even like have the opportunity yeah. to flip this in the scenarios that you want it to i would say it's arguable that if you can cast three instances sorceries in one turn you're probably in a good position you're probably like winning or close to or favorable so doing the extra stuff i agree you're not gonna need maybe as much. i would say as a commander i would want to play this over bergy but in the 99 i want bergy over Urbrask in the decks that run bergy mm, yeah i could see that bergy is like a combo piece and works so well with the fast man and like you said where this doesn't I'm I'm not sure honestly I truly don't know but I know this card does powerful things I just I I don't think it's as strong as Bergy I mean I think I, it's certainly a deck we're gonna see people playing like yeah. it's not worth trying worth trying yeah, for worth sure trying worth trying um all right the next card is path of the pyromancer so this is from the commander set it costs four and a red for a sorcery that says discard all the cards in your hand add red for each card discarded this way then draw that many cards plus one this also has an ability called will of the planeswalker because this set delves into uh the planes chase yeah. shenanigans we're not so uh, does what does it do uh, starting with you, each player votes for Planeswalker Chaos. If Planeswalk gets more votes, votes Planeswalk. If Chaos gets more votes or the vote is tied, Chaos ensues. Oh, I, I guess I guess this is relevant <laughs> because because even in CEDH, we would have, still have to see if Chaos is going to ensue. What happens when Chaos ensues? The, pla the planar die has a, a Chaos one and a and a yeah. and a one or more Planeswalk faces. If you remember the six-sided die, I remember. What is the Chaos? The thing Chaos do? effect. Um, each each plane in a, in a, the plane chase deck has like a chaos effect which is basically a triggered ability that if you roll chaos then you activate the chaos effect of that plane we should still have to roll the plane or die every time we do this and then whatever it does we don't do anything well there's a there's a there's a two mana mana rock that taps for one that oh, says right. roll yeah. the plane or die yeah. and, and like That's true. Yeah. nobody plays it but what would happen when chaos ensues at a cdh player would we all just go like yeah, we would just move our arms a little bit, yeah. And then back to, okay, sorry, keep going. Or maybe someone makes a spite player, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, so this is like a one-sided wheel that also gets you a little bit of mana. How many cards are in your hand when you're casting this? 
Yeah, I see. I don't know. So say like you do this for three, you discard three, you gain three mana, you draw four cards. And now the four the four cards, the four cards I drew have to be worth the four mana. Yeah. Oh, no, it's three mana. Three you red get mana three you red make. mana off this. You guys are evaluating this the hardest way possible. How do you evaluate it? If Neheb had haste, would you play him in CDH? If what had haste? Neheb. Oh. The one that attacks, oh. attacks, discard any number of cards, draw that many, you add that much red, doesn't empty as oh, phases continue. Sure, sure, sure. If he yeah. had haste, would you run him a CDH? Yeah, no, probably not. No, then we don't run this card. Would Bergy or Urbrask want this card, though? Like, like, do they want another wheel effect? For five? It would it, it makes it, the additional mana. What if you do this after Ad Nauseam? You discard 30 cards and make 30 red mana. What if you, <laughs> play, what if you play a questionable five-mana spell in an Ad Nauseam <laughs> deck and just eat five for it and go, oh, good, I'm this glad I do this one. Five percent of the time, you'll love it, and 95% of the time, it's going to suck. This, this is the new character I'm working on, guy who thinks that spell is good after Ad Nauseam. <laughs> if I have 30 cards in my hand, this card's really good. Is this supposed to Ad Nauseam card? As I'm sorting my Ad Nauseam cards, I put this in the front and all the fast mana in the back where you know right, great well i'm glad you got <laughs> a both yeah. four and five drop for your ad nauseum deck. Yeah, exactly. i can't wait to see this being flashback in kess yeah i should okay. just run ad nauseum and kinnon honestly with all those 11 drops it's gonna be great <laughs> all right speaking of a really expensive spell atali primal conqueror is a, a legendary creature elder dinosaur that's a seven seven with trample when it enters the battlefield each player exiles the top card of their library until they exile a non-land card you may cast any number of spells from among the non-land cards exiled this way without paying their mana cost for nine and phyrexian it transforms into a uh a trample indestructible 11 11 that deals combat damage to a player with poison counters why doesn't it have infect or um the poisonous or they don't toxic? Do, they don't do infect anymore. What about poisonous? Why doesn't it say toxic? Is that what you're not, asking? Because this isn't infect, because it doesn't give minus one counters when it deals damage to a creature. Is this poisonous? Is this the text for poisonous? Uh, this is the text for toxic, isn't it? No, because no. toxic needs a number value afterwards. I think, oh, right. this, I think is, this would be the text for toxic 11. Yeah. No, no, because, no because toxic oh, no, 11, you're wrong. Because it, it deals it, trample. It does with however 11. many does. Yeah. Yeah. I think poisonous is worded that way. If it I deals damage to a player, maybe, it deals yeah, them yeah. that many minus one counters. Yeah. I'm kind of bummed that they didn't give this poisonous. I think that would be funny if that is what poisonous does. Um, we're not playing it for the backside, though. No, CDH. we're playing it. Actually, we're probably not, we're not casting the front all. side at all. It combos <laughs> with food chain. That's all. It combos with food chain. And once you get the food chain combo with Squee, you can loop this again and again and exile your opponent's libraries. Play them if you want, or just pass the turn because they have no library. So now we have a rug food chain deck, and this is not the best food chain commander we're going to talk about. So this is a red green. We have a rug later that we're going to be talking yeah, yeah, about. Spoiler yeah. alert! Oh, I'm so sorry, everybody. I ruined the podcast. Oh, we got to start over. Start the uh, whole thing welcome over. Welcome to Plato and Mary Plato and. <laughs> All right, next All right. card. Next card, uh, yeah. I'm excited to talk about this one from the Commander set. Dance with Calamity. This is a seven and a red sorcery that is also really good in an ad nauseum. <laughs> <laughs> it's a red ad nauseum. Shuffle your library, and then as many times as you choose, you may exile the top card of your library. If the total mana value of the cards exiled this way is 13 or less, you may cast any number of spells from among those cards without paying their mana cost. I love this card, and most of the reason is that Shahrazad is banned, and this is the only one that allows you to play a mini game within the game, and the mini game is blackjack. blackjack. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> it tells you hit you me, must play hit blackjack. Me, hit me, hit me. I, I want to play this card in a deck that only has a total CMC of thirteen. Besides this, <laughs> and it's all mountains and zero drops and fast mana, and you cast this, and the some number of cards that win you the game after resolving this. That's the only way I want to play this. And card. what what are those cards where you have already paid eight and still can? generate more mana. No, 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 no. You get to your eighth land drop. See, I have it. <laughs> you get mana crypt also. Yeah, that's right? true. Then yeah. you get it chrome mox. You don't have a ton that you can get rid of the chrome mox, but your mox diamonds are always on because <laughs> you play like 80 yeah. lands probably. I think it'll be great. I, I think, and the commander is just rog and nothing else. Yeah, just rog rack. It's just rog rack. So you can play mox amber, of course, yep. <laughs> one turn earlier. See, I think this could be like a goto card. Like if you can get to eight mana, it's an eight mana and you can, right? It's an eight mana ritual <laughs> that gives you Three mana, right? Maybe. You don't even know. Because if you can hit enough fast mana off the top of your library in Goto, like if you build your deck in a way, if it's supposed to be all mana to get to 11. What if, what if you just build Goto and you play this and you only have like Helm of the Host and fast mana? So sometimes you cast Goto or sometimes you cast this. 
And then you get. And then you still pay the equip cost. That's why I like it's about playing for the in a Godo yeah, yeah, deck that good. already has all of the mana in it. This card is not good. Okay. This yeah. card sucks. <laughs> We're evaluating this like it's peer into the abyss, which is what it would have to do for it to be okay at this yeah. much mana. Yeah, this is no peer into and the you abyss. You destroy your deck in order to play it. It's, yeah. yeah, it's just not. I, Unless you unless you have a way of very reliably casting it for free, and I I can't think of one. But yeah, if, is there a commander? What's the Jora that gives things like suspend? But then you have to like get this, and you still have. Oh to have... God, no! We're moving on. <laughs> we're moving on. <laughs> These ideas one... are gonna get really Isn't bad. Isn't suspend equal to their mana value? Is that oh, what you're fuck. thinking of? Yeah, but they, it loses a counter every turn or two counters. Maybe? Oh wow! So you just need to just need to be able to ride it out for let's ten move on, turns. Let's move on. It's we're bad. trying to justify a lot today. <laughs> All right, so our only green card is Invasion of Ikoria. This is X and two green with six loyalty. When Invasion of Ikoria enters the battlefield, search your library and/or graveyard for a non-human creature card with mana value X or less and put it onto the battlefield then search your if you search your library this way shuffle its backside is zavortha apex of ikoria this is a reach 88 legendary creature dinosaur godzilla That's, it is yeah oh my god this is the godzilla card yeah this is the first time we actually got to see the card that uh, godzilla represented yeah it says for each non-human creature you control you may have that creature assign combat damage as though it weren't blocked so we're never attacking this one i don't know why i read the back why would we not? Because all of the value is the front. The, the front, front is, is the main part. It's a green... It's a situ... Situational is not the right word. It's a little bit more of a constricted finale of devastation that can't win the game with infinite mana, um, but it still is another way to get Seedborn Muse and down the line potentially be able to get some additional value if you happen to be able to deal six damage to it. Yeah, I think... I mean, when you say additional value, like in in Big Flip's Kinnon lists, like, like that... That upside on the back, like, might let you kill a player if you can just put the damage through without being blocked. That's true. But I think it it being Finale of Devastation in that it's sorcery speed, but without the win the game clause, is just makes it worse than Court of Calling. And I think we would be playing Court of Calling if we were yeah. going to play this. I feel like if you, if you want the unblockability, you should just play Sun Quan, Lord of Wu, and then give all your creatures horsemanship, which I think is a better thing to flip into. Cameron... Cameron, there's so many problems. First of all, that's a human. So, oh, yeah. so that doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, yeah. I mean, Hard I mean, cast that fucker. I don't know. This, this card can also bring things back from the graveyard. That's relevant. Court that is can't true. Do that's, that. yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's extortionist true. is very yeah. good. Yeah. Formatted Doxide Extortionist, another one is going to be good. All right. So these are all of the multicolor cards that could be commanders because they all do things that are good in commander. So the first one is Zimone and Dina. This cost bug mana, uh, black, green, and blue for a legendary creature, Human Dryad. It's a 3-4. Whenever you draw your second card each turn, target opponent loses two life and you gain two life. You can also tap it to sack a creature, another creature, to draw a card and put a land into play. If you control eight or more lands, repeat this process. This can sacrifice a Protean Hulk. Mm -hmm. I played against this on play day. Yeah. And I stole the Protean Hulk out of the graveyard with a portal to Phyrexia. Nice. Because I was playing Magda. So I, I I guess I didn't really get to see it do its justice. Yeah. But uh, at the same time, it is in good colors and does good things with Protean Hulk. Yeah, it's reasonable, but not overwhelming. I, his main issue is he has to wait a turn to sack Pudding Hulk, which is probably going to make it not see play. And that top ability is just not going to come up a ton. And but when guys, it does, it doesn't matter. But guys, what? Sylvan Library only costs six life then. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. that's true. <laughs> okay. And you know what? The, the eight lands clause to repeat the process did come up. Yeah. So that's not going to happen often. No, though, right? but it, it, it did happen. Okay. So our next one is Drana in Linvala. This is one and two white and a black for a three, four legendary creature, Vampire Angel with flying and vigilance. It says activated abilities of creatures your opponents control can't be activated. Classic Linvala. And then Drana. And Linvala has all activated abilities of all creatures your opponents control. You may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to activate those abilities. Yeah. Holy cow. Like, I, I will take your Thrasios activations. I'll take your Kinnon activations. Your Kiki-Jiki activations. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this one is, uh, it's great. It's Linvala Plus. I think it's reasonable as a commander. Was original Linvala also asymmetric like that? Yes. Uh, it sure was. Yeah, it was also symmetri asymmetric like that. Um, this card, I think, is going to see play in Blood Pod, and I'm not sure what other decks are just in Orzhov Stacks colors. Is it a commander? Asymmetrical. Asymmetrical. No, it's asymmetric, because it's an adverb, and it's describing... Are you certain? 
Something can it's, be asymmetric. It's describing That's the asymmetric. Effect. The effect is asymmetric. Yeah, it's an asymmetric effect. I actually don't know. I have no idea. When you search asymmetric, uh, it comes up as asymmetrical. But it looks it looks like both are acceptable. If you're stupid, you can say asymmetric. But if you're smart, you say asymmetric. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not trying to make that judgment. I just. <laughs> I'm not trying to make yeah, well, judgment. I know what you're not trying to do, but <laughs> just gotta imply that the people yeah, at home can make judgments for themselves. No, I'm not implying it either. No, I really no. don't know which we right. know what the vibe is. <laughs> <laughs> We're all familiar. Um, this Linvala seems good. I, I think it'll see some play. I'm not sure how much play. As a commander, uh, it doesn't provide card advantage, which stinks. I'd rather play Tim the, in um, a stacks commander yeah. deck. Go Tyler. I'm so sorry. I couldn't let this go. That's okay. Um, it's UK versus US. Typically, asymmetric is UK usage. Asymmetrical is US. Oh, Little British are you, Cameron? Yes, you know that. <laughs> Top of the morning to you, Governor. Right. I'm so sorry. I, I couldn't would let like it go. a spot of tay. No, tay. Really oh, bad. God. Really bad. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I'm not, a, I'm not an actor. All right. Shalayan Halar is one red, green, and white for a 3-3 legendary creature, Angel Elf, with flying and vigilance. And whenever one or more plus one plus one counters are put on a creature you control, Shalayan Halar deals that much damage to target opponent. This card combos with the ham sandwich, the red terror, yep. Heliod. Um, Emil and Dockside, since Emil gives stuff lifelink. Yeah, there's just so many good things that you can do in these colors that this combos with. This would be the second commander that we, we could have chosen for our gameplay videos and yep. didn't. But yeah, surely. Might uh, be stronger than... This one just is very comparable to a lot of other Naya decks. Bing Simbu and uh, Rocco are just yeah. are all doing similar things. Is this better than those two options? I'm not sure, but it's in the same camp. I gotta vote. Give it to me. I'm gonna say no. Yeah. I think... I think you... it's better than Rocco. Not... Yeah, you don't think it's better than Rocco. You don't think it... Wait, what are you saying? I don't think this card is better than Rocco is. Oh, good. We're on the same page. Okay. We're yeah. on the same page. I thought for a second you said the opposite, and no. I was going to, like, push your chair over. <laughs> but, no, yeah, I, Rocco just has way too much flexibility, and the combo piece in the command zone is much worse than card advantage and combo piece in the command zone, potentially. I agree. The last four cards we're going to talk about are the four commanders we're going to be playing in this Sunday's gameplay video that you're going to see. So the first one is Thalia and the Gitrog Monster. So this is one, a white, a black, and a green for a 4-4 human frog horror with first strike and death touch. You may play an additional land on each of your turns. Creatures and non-basic lands your opponents control enter the battlefield tapped. And when this attacks, you get to sacrifice a creature or land to draw a card. That first ability, extra land, not going to come up a ton. That second ability, your stuff your opponents come in is tapped. What is it? Non-basic lands and creatures? Creatures and non-basics. And it's your up. opponents, right? Yes. It's your it's asymmetrical or asymmetric if you're from Britain. <laughs> that one's Every single up. British person unsubscribed <laughs> from us like, today. This is not anything like a British accent. Um, yeah, that second ability, that one's gonna come up a lot. Shutting off people's things is that one. That one's gonna come up. Uh, the last one, potentially, you can sack Protein Hulk. The only issue is this has to attack, so you have to wait a full circle, like the Sultai option, um, Dina and Simone. Simone. But this one, I think, is better because its other abilities do stuff. Yes, I, I totally agree. It's a stacks piece, and you're in great stacks colors as well. So I think it's doing really everything that you want to do a little bit better than Zamone and Dina do it. Yep. Uh, the, the, the comparison is this would probably be in a, like a Timna Kamal deck normally. Yeah. You'd play the, the deck that would be similar to it would be this one. So if you're just... It's in that same ballpark, I think. The next one is Borborygmos and Fibblefip, the best team up in the multiverse. This is two, a green, a blue, and a red for a Cyclops Homunculus. That's a 6-5. When it enters the battlefield or attacks, you get to draw a card. Then you may discard any number of land cards. When you discard one or more land cards this way, Borborygmos and Fibblefip deal twice that much damage to target creature. You can also pay one and a blue to put Borborygmos and Fibblefip into its owner's hand, Nope. Into the its owner's library, third from the top. You're playing this list, Tyler. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a, a food chain um, outlet. Like, you're using it to draw your deck and then do something else that wins you the game um, once you have essentially drawn your whole deck. Um, it is in fun colors. I happen to really like Teamer, but I don't think it's necessarily, like, much better than other food chain options. It's just interesting. Um, you're probably not putting it into your deck third from the top. Almost ever. I have yet to think of a reason that that's good, to be honest. Yeah, you, if you'd want to, like, protect it, I guess, but I feel like it's just better to recast it. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I guess if you, in some world, are running Thoracle in this version of the list and then get 
stymied on your win attempt like maybe it is the card that makes you draw and not lose the game it protects you from getting flooded which is also kind of like fun i guess that if is you, really nice yeah, if you draw something to do with the lands yeah, is, is, that'll be fun is relevant for yeah. sure i uh, th this commander is just fun for a lot of reasons and it's really cool that they made it cedh playable yeah. which i know was their intention when they made it <laughs> so the next deck that we're gonna play is Kroxa and kuronos this is three a red a white and a black for an elder giant dog best Best type line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, six, six, Vigilance, Menace, and Lifelink. Uh, and whenever it enters the battlefield or attacks, you may exile five cards from your graveyard. When you do, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Yes. Start. Start. Roll, this roll one, the tape. Yeah, this one is tricky. There's a there's a combo with Altar of Dementia. With just this and Altar of Dementia, you can mill the six cards. And because of the way the wording is, you can exile the cards that you mill with the sacrificing from Altar of Dementia to basically keep going. Uh, you'll be able to mill through your entire library and eventually bring back um fiend hunter and angel of angel of glory's rise brings back the fiend hunter and then there is a fiend hunter loop that you can do to sacrifice and loop through milling your opponents by sacking the altar of dementia sacking stuff to the altar of dementia to mill your opponents the, the fiend hunter exiles the angel and then you sack the fiend hunter to altar when fiend hunter leaves the angel comes back when the angel comes back it returns fiend hunter when fiend hunter enters it exiles the angel then you sack it to altar of dementia again yeah, yes, exactly. that is it. That was great. That was awesome. Yeah. That's basically what you do. So it Thank is you, a you need six mana for your commander, and then two more, and then casting of altar of dementia, and that's it. One card combo. That's pretty good. That's efficient. Uh, Mardu doesn't really have that, I don't think, uh, yet. Anyway, um, you can cheat on the mana cost with Jewel Lotus, which is great for your commander. So I think this is an option. I definitely think this deck like, could do something. Yeah, I think it's potentially a a real deck for that reason because you're in white, so you have access to a lot of the the silence and protect my turn effects, Ranger Captain. Whatever. So if you're able to um, stacks until you are ready to go and then get the altar down on a turn that you can protect it or stop other people from interacting with you, because you have altered down, if, if you're running the creature stacks effects to slow everyone down until you're ready to win, then you can just sack them to the altar to, to get going and then execute your entire combo off of altar. Yeah, that is very true. Um, that's not the version that we're playing. No, but we're that trying is to go a little bit quicker. Oh, you want yeah. to on turbo? <laughs> yeah, he actually yeah. built the stacks version of the deck, and I said that we should change it to go as fast as possible. Um, both are definitely viable, though. For the reason you said, I think this would make a great stacks deck. Also, yeah. that this is like, just like a giant creature in a stalled-up born state. This is going to be a, just like a helpful With huge lifelink. creature. Vigilance With is great, yeah. and Menace is great, Vigilance. and Lifelink are all great. Like you These are three box. things yep. that you wanted. Yeah. 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 So this this one I think is definitely considerable for a couple of different couple of different ways I think we saved the best card for last hell yeah so you really if you stuck with us this whole time you really get rewarded because the last commander we're going to be playing is Yargle and Multani <sighs> this is finally a card that doesn't have a lot of text for me to read yes this is three two black and a green for a frog spirit elemental that's an 18-6 are you telling me you're not going to read the flavor text Cameron <laughs> I heard much about you from my daughter Multani rumbled there was a time when I balk at your aid, Phantom, but she has shown me the merit in Urborg's strange ways. Gnush gargle fibble ribbit, replied Yargle. <laughs> Thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah, this is a vanilla 18.6 for five mana. That's all it does. Hear my thoughts. Hear me Six out. Mana. Okay. Six mana. Sorry, six mana, not five mana. It's not that good. Much worse. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's like a Silvala. It's like a black-green Silvala. You're looking to benefit off of a lot of cards like Life's Legacy that basically turn car creatures with big power into a resource. Disciple of Bolus is another one. Sack, sack a creature, greater good. Uh, draw cards equal to power. It's playing a lot. My The deck that I played is playing a lot of those. The Garrick Planeswalker. Basically, we're doing stuff that say draw cards equal to power, and we're drawing 18 cards every time. Hoping that's enough to chain some stuff together. Also, fun thing, 18 power is only three power away from 21, which is commander damage in CDH. So I put a fucking giant growth in that motherfucker. Did you really? Absolutely. And I'm trying to one-shot someone wait. with the giant growth. Um, so you got it. You got to chump block this <laughs> thing every time because if they have it, you're just yeah. 
yeah. done. You um, know, you know, every once in a while, like if you're at a tournament, you'll see someone like selling their collection and stuff, and you're like, I wonder what happened to them. Yeah. Like <laughs> someone gets giant growth yeah. and killed by a yargle, and they just yep. immediately sell their entire CDH uh, deck. Like yeah. I'm fucking done. Like, <laughs> Is it the next best CDH deck? Probably not, but it's going to be in the, in the ballpark of Sovala. Just like a fast kind of storm deck that can draw uh, cards in 18 chunks at a time. And if you can do that two or three times on a turn, which theoretically is what you're, that's the goal, then you can probably win the game with like 40 or 60 cards in your hand. I'm so torn because like, I, you know, I want, I want you to lose all the gameplay videos because I want to win them. But like hearing the joy in your voice, like, like the, the potential of this I'm not going to so hard for this deck. Like, <laughs> is Shalayan Halar a better CEDH deck? Probably, but <laughs> it doesn't have Yorgle and it right. has too much text on it. And this is, right. oh right. my God, I'm so excited. Or Rona yeah. or Urbaz or, or, or Gilead, probably. I'm hoping it does anything at all. But we have reanimation spells. Sack it, reanimate it, sack it again, draw. Right. You know, it'll be good. It'll be good. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So so what cards did we miss? What cards do you think we'll see CEDH play in CEDH? Let us know in those comments down below. Thank you so much for watching. If you'd like to support us directly, you can do so at Patreon like our $100 patrons. Baby Jeebus and Demon of Razgris. If you want to pick up any of our merch, like our sweet regular logo shirts, you can get them at playtowinmtg.com. Thank you so much, Dragon Shield, for sponsoring the show. Make sure you go down to our affiliate link down below to check out the new Pan Dragon sleeves that you'll see on Sunday's gameplay. And keep up with us on social media, on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram if you'd like. Thank you so much for watching. See you next time. Goodbye. Anthony Mangelo. AJ Alwasabi. Stashes. Mitchell Shepard. Justin. Man Solo. Nicola Marikovic. Steven Schlichty. Big DP15. That green guy. Byantine Jackson. Isaiah Broliski. Metal Plains Games. Windwave. C. Kwaja. And Jacob Depp. Oh my god! Jan Wildfang. Thomas Bueno. Flamby the Yee! Lauren Connell. David Nelson. Hey, Jormax. Just so you know, when you look at Tyler, it's just hair. That's fine, but just so you know. It's just hair. So if you do a tuck back so they can see your face, that's good. If you want to hide your face, also good. Like, look How at does it now? look right now with my hair tucked back in my ear? If you look at him? Yeah. Yeah, that looks now good. Now you got the type of profile. Yeah, yeah. Great. But it's okay. totally fine if it is down in your face. What's the I, pro what's the hairline look like it with it like this? It looks normal, like a normal person's hairline? As opposed to what? <laughs> what do you say like What that? are you worried about there? <laughs> so it doesn't look like a normal person. It looks see? like my hairline so it doesn't look like an alien hairline is what you're saying yeah well not now i can't but well, now i feel like you should do you. the full hair i think it looks good I think no i'm gonna keep good. it like this are you telling me i look fine. i look human or no I would can. you say that i look human overall right now <laughs> or not am i are my scales showing <laughs> you guys can't see my horns right, yeah, right. <laughs> okay i think we're good we're rolling we're good